0: You're listening to Soul Roadmap, Episode 24. Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Today's episode may bring back flashbacks for those of us who went to law school, but this episode isn't just for the lawyers out there. It's for everyone who's felt confused or weren't sure they were living the life they were meant to lead. If you know anyone considering law school, you may want to share today's podcast with them. It will give them food for thought when considering where or whether they go to law school. Before I introduce you to my guest, I'd like to give a shout out to Jason Skinner, who left a review for Soul Roadmap podcast on the Australian iTunes. First off, it's incredible that I get to connect with people around the world with the help of the internet. It really is magic. He writes, fantastic show. The only way to improve our life is to equip ourselves with the tools to be our best. This podcast offers so many practical tools to be your best in life. Dina comes from a place of care and wanting the best for you. Love this show. Thank you, Jason. It's reviews like Jason's that make my day. They also help me reach more people on iTunes. If you didn't know, iTunes uses the number and quality of reviews and subscriptions to boost who sees podcasts in their discovery section. I'd greatly appreciate it if you took a minute to go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review to help Soul Roadmap reach a wider audience. If you don't know how, I'll link to a mini how-to video in the show notes. And if you leave a review, I may just showcase it on the podcast like I did Jason's. Okay, on to our show let's talk about today's guest tavish williams is a lawyer and the author of the blog the bright side of the sun where she coaches career-driven women through stress overwhelm and establishing better self-care routines if you've been listening you know i'm obsessed with making our lives better and tavish is someone who's devoted to self-care too she knows exactly what stress can do to you i stumbled upon her online and wanted to know more about her story Her story is one about a woman navigating the world and not just where her travels took her. It's a story of navigating expectations, disappointments, the stresses a legal career can create, and finding a way through it all that worked for her. We talk about everything from the lack of diversity in law school, her experience in the legal world, our perception of failure, as well as her six tips for reducing stress in our lives and increasing productivity. One of those tips is one I've talked about in depth in episode 22. It's one of the pivotal self-care strategies Tavish talks about. Spoiler alert, it's journaling. I'm including a free guide in the show notes that walks you step-by-step through my journaling process and gives you some templates to make it easy to start now. So you can get that in the show notes at dinakataldo.com forward slash 24 as well. That is dinakataldo.com forward slash 24. All right, onto the show. Hi, Tavish. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me on Soul Roadmap. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to chat. Thank you for having me. Well, I came across you when I was on Pinterest and I started kind of roaming around your blog and it's Bright Side of the Sun, right? That's what it's called? Yes. I started roaming around And I loved it. And then I saw that you went to law school and I thought, oh yeah, I want to talk to this woman on Soul Roadmap because I loved that your blog was focused on self-care. So I just want to ask you some questions. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. So just tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: I went to law school, graduated in 2013. I took four bars. I took uh, the California bar twice. I took the Iowa bar and I'm also taking the New York bar. Wow. And then I ended up in New York city in 2015 after taking the Iowa bar and decided to stay here after having lived in, I think, five different places over the past couple of years. And now I'm currently focusing on self-care on my blog after doing a uh, temp work. And yeah, that's my main focus right now. So I'm curious,
0: how did you kind of take your steps from California to Iowa to New York? What was kind of like your path? How did you start by going to law
1: school and then go across the country? I went to law school in Iowa. And while I was there, I had to figure out what bar I was going to take. And I didn't want to stay in Iowa. I'm actually originally from North Carolina. Would go to California. I have friends in California. So I just kind of was like, I'll go to California. First, I have to k- pass the California bar. So I didn't move to California or anything. I ended up living with family in St. Louis and then family in Kansas City and studying for the California bar twice. And both times I did not pass. And after that, I was exhausted and felt very defeated. So I just felt like, okay, I need a win right now. That's what I need. So I ended up studying for the Iowa bar because I was like, I know I can pass the Iowa bar. And I took the Iowa bar, I passed it. But during that time when I was studying for the Iowa bar, my sister had moved to New York. So I was visiting her frequently. And I realized, actually, I want to go to New York. (laughs) And she ended up saying, you come up here every other weekend. Why don't you just stay? And I was like, okay, I will. When I get done with the bar, I'm going to stay. So actually the flight when I got done with the Iowa bar was the flight to New York had a small suitcase and just like moved here. And that was it. And then I started studying for the next bar, which was the New York bar. So yeah, that's how it all kind of went down with that.
0: Wow. That's pretty adventurous going from, you said North Carolina. Yes. Then you went to law school in Iowa. Yes. And where did you go to school? I went to Drake Law School. Okay. So you went to Drake and then you took three different bars. Just kind of thinking, all right, well, I'm going to go somewhere.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Good for you. Oh, thank you. I felt lost and confused. Didn't feel awesome doing it, but
0: you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I know a little bit about your story because I've read some of your blogs. I know for me personally, law school was something that I went into because the job avenues I wanted to go to like foreign affairs were positions where I saw a lot of lawyers taking part in, which is why I went to law school in the first place. That's not the career path I ended up choosing, but that's why I went in the first place. Why did you go to law school?
1: I knew I was going to continue my education after college, and I graduated in 2011 from undergrad. And during that time, people were saying it's easier to get in grad school than it is to get a job. And I was like, that's fine. I'm already going to go to grad school. I looked at master's programs. Before. I was focusing on more government jobs. And so I thought law school would be just a good bridge into like the government sphere. I didn't have an exact idea of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do some foreign work something like that, international law. My undergrad degrees were in history and government and my main focus was on the Middle East and I had taken multiple languages. So I was very much on the path of like, I want to do something with that. I don't know exactly what that would be, but I think going to law school would help. So I went and it was not what I expected it was going to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did you think it was going to be?
1: Um, that's a funny thing where I thought it would be like, I guess, grad school, like just being the education, how hard you have to work. And I was like, okay, we're just going to up it. That's fine. I can do it. Where law school just, it wasn't the same at all for me for undergrad. I felt very isolated when I went to law school. So I moved, of course, to a different location. And that was in itself hard. I didn't really have any friends. I didn't know anyone. It's very small town feel. It was just very different from everything I was expecting um, it to be. I was thinking it would be more like going to college again, just start making friends. It'll be easy. Just pick things up again. But no, that was the biggest thing for me was the social aspect. It was just not the same social scene that I was expecting.
0: Did you feel that it was different because you were moving from a different state or were there other things that you felt
1: contributed to you not really feeling at home there? Um, I actually went to undergrad in Massachusetts. I went to Smith College and very, very diverse school. And then when I going to diverse state and the school's not diverse at all. So oh. I felt very out of place where an undergrad, there was just so many different looking people walking all around. You could never feel like you stood out because there's just so many different people. But then when I moved, it was just very homogeneous population. So I wasn't used to that. And I was also used to like having access to like major cities. And I ended up flying to New York and flying places just during my breaks because I had to get away. I just wasn't coping with the area. So
0: That's really interesting. You should say that. When I was in law school, I never really noticed any of that. I always grew up in very diverse neighborhoods and went to really diverse schools. When I went to law school, my friend, she turned to me one day and she said, you ever notice that we're the darkest people in this class and we're not dark people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like olive-skinned people. And then I looked around one day and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she's right." And I wonder and I know that this has to be true is that in law schools, I don't think there's that
1: same diversity. Like I think that that's just something that we don't see. Oh, definitely. Definitely not. That was the shocking part I think for me. I ended up joining the Black Law Students Association and There was only like a handful of Black students in each year. And then, you know, one or two Latina students. There was no Asians. And I was just used to the exact opposite. And especially international students. There was just so many international students on my campus in undergrad. So that, I think, was one of the biggest hits for me. Um, Which is funny because when I was applying to school, that never crossed my mind. Never. You never think like oh, I need to be around people who look different or anything like that.
0: Right. You're thinking,
1: I'm going to be studying all the time. I don't need to be social. Like, that's fine. Right. Nope. Completely opposite. That's funny.
0: Yeah, we're like, no, we're just going to be bookworms the whole time. And we're all just going to learn and absorb the knowledge. Yeah, like, I'm
1: going to be in the library. Why would I need fun? (laughs) Come on. Like, you know? (laughs) You did. You wanted to. I wonder if that's something that is
0: common with law students or people who are high achievers that we just were so driven. We're just thinking about, okay, what's the next thing that we do? We're not necessarily thinking about what's the best thing for our well-being to do. Definitely. And that kind of brings me to what you're doing right now, which I'm so impressed with, which is bringing a focus on self-care. So I have to ask you, what brought your focus from being a law student and you know, taking these bars to now focusing in on self-care.
1: So it all kind of happened when I got a life coach. I was working a lot of hours every week doing temp legal work, hopping from project to project, and it was just not ending. I had finished studying for the bar. I had passed the bar. So I was then just trying to wrap up the rest of the stuff I needed to do to pass the bar for New York and was thinking, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to be in the legal field anymore. I didn't really enjoy most of my internships I've had. There was one that spoke to me, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to replicate that So I was like, I don't even know what I want to do. And I got a life coach and we kept on talking about me writing because I love to write and my side projects and hobbies and really start nurturing those. And I honestly, I was going to start a blog on books, like book reviews, because I just love to read. And I was like, I can just do that. That's simple. That's easy. But then it just started coming around. I was talking about self-care a lot and I was saying, you know, I don't like how these systems are set up and then like even how my temp positions that I get. I mean, you just you work a lot and they don't really care. Like the system does not care that you're going to drain yourself because they just need the man hours and that's it. And I was just like, I don't like this. I don't like how these systems are set up. And so um I ended up starting a blog on self-care and it was like Oh, I'm just going to take the leap. And then I just started reading, listening to podcasts and everything. And then what it really was, was realizing I was unhappy with what I was doing. So it was, what can I do to change that? And a lot of that came to my own self-care of realizing that I love to run. I love to exercise. Am I doing that enough? I love to read. Do I get to read when I'm working 80 hours a week? No, I don't. My brain is like so dead that I want to pick up a book. So then I was like, more people need to be doing this because all the people I'm working with do not like what they're doing. (laughs) And just like realizing that this is far reaching. So I'm going to start writing about it. Now, you were saying that you didn't like
0: how the systems were set up. Are you talking about the law firms that you were working at? It's usually
1: at the temp offices that we work for. We do work for firms that hire us out. But yes, I think that, and even my friends who do have legal positions, it's the similar boat of needing bodies on the job, not necessarily human beings. We need people to do the work. And though they might say, you know, we advise you to take a step away from your computer every once in a while, because it's good for your like eyes and your brain. It didn't actually mean go you know, take a 10, 15 minute break because that would slow down the amount of documents we're processing (laughs) and you would get emails. You're not going fast enough. You're slowing us down. down. Yeah. So if you're not going fast enough, you'll get let go from the project. You're not meeting your hour requirements. Just things like that, that just really establish poor self-care for everyone there because you really end up working a lot and really hard in front of a computer. You just sit there, stare at a computer all day. And so that's the thing that I was like, I don't like this. And I I don't appreciate this at all. (laughs)
0: Like I'm a human being. (laughs) Well, it's interesting that you call it temp work
1: because it's not really, I mean, you're still working how many hours a week? Um, Some points I was working 80 hours. Normally everyone just works 40, but sometimes like the requirement might be 50 hours a week. So yeah, it's temp because it just depends on what case I'm working. And so Mm -hmm. it's just the project is the case. But yeah, it can be full-time ridiculous hours and very draining work.
0: I'm curious to know what made you decide to work with a life coach? Like what sparked that idea?
1: I had been doing temp work for like a year and I wasn't seeing really any progress in the sense of like my career goals. And I know it was going to take a minute because I had my New York license to get And then I had gone through a rocky relationship. And then I was, I'm trying to think exactly. I think I just got kind of just fed up with everything. I was just like, I'm not happy. I'm not happy and I don't like it. And there's gotta be something I can change. And I knew it was something with me I needed to change because I was like, there's tons of people who do temp work. I mean, there's everybody who has exactly the same parts of my life who are functioning and happy or whatever. So I was like, there's something in me that has to change. And I really wasn't sure if I wanted to change career paths or if I just needed to focus more on my hobbies or what. But when I got a life coach, it really actually became an option for me. And I never thought as an option to not be an attorney. Like spend all this time and energy into something like this, you're like, oh no, you're going to be an attorney at the end of this. You were going to go practice law. You didn't spend all that time and money to not do it. But after talking with my life coach and we spoke every week, I ended up being like, I don't have to do this, do I? And she's like, no, you don't have to. Oh, I don't think I want to then. <laughs> you just needed that little permission,
0: that little, hey, you don't actually have to definitely, do this. Definitely.
1: And she told me, it was funny because she told me you don't need my permission. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. And she's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Just so you know, I'm like, Thanks. I didn't know that. Like you really become so focused on it. You don't think like that's an option. It feels almost like you're quitting Mm. or you're failing at it. And when I came to the realization that it's like neither, I can choose to pivot and turn into something else. And that's not at all quitting or failing. That's just me changing. That's, that's fine.
0: I think that's such an important point because that word pivot, I really like that word. And I wish that was a word that I was taught when I was younger, because I very much had that same feeling that, you know, you are on this path, you've decided that you're taking this path, and you are so all in, there is no other alternative. And there's no such thing as in addition to being an attorney or, or being an attorney, it's just I am an attorney. Exactly. That's so important for anyone listening to this, to know that you have permission to do more or something different than being whatever it is that you're doing right now, whether you're an attorney or a doctor or you know whatever path you've chosen. It's important to know that you have choices and that you do not need permission from anyone to change. But here's a question I have for you, because that can be a really scary thing for somebody who has accumulated that much debt going to law school, who has invested that much time in going to you know, school for their profession. What gave you the courage to say, okay, I am doing this other thing. And can you tell us what that other thing was, that other path you started taking
1: was? I don't know if it was necessarily courage or if it was just when you're so fed up with something, you're just like, ah, I'm just going to do it and not even worry about the consequences or any, you're just like, ah, I'm done. Because I was just like, one day I'm going to start my blog. I'm going to start talking about self-care. I want to start like helping women do this. I want to coach them in how they're going to take better care of themselves. I mean, I just did it. There was no grand ceremony or me like even revving up to it or pretty sure it happened like in a couple of days, I decided to do it. I figured out what platform I wanted to run my blog on. And then I just like launched my blog and there was like nothing on it, just one post. But then I was like, okay, let's do this. And it took how many months, like five months off. I didn't work. This is after already doing my blog for like six months. And I took five months off to just focus on my blog, work every day on it, And then I started doing temp work again this past summer, just because the whole engine of it, it's not up and going yet. But yeah, it is still kind of financially scary. It is. But I guess the interesting thing is, is I have realized the difficulty of my blog and coaching and helping people, the failures of it, all the negative, I get to decide every morning to go back to it where I felt like with my legal career, I was just kind of stuck and I didn't like it and I kept on not liking it. And now I'm stuck. It didn't feel like I had a choice in the morning to wake up and go do it. It was just like, let's go drag myself into this, where my blog now feels like a choice, something I've created. And yeah, I guess that's what makes me have courage, I guess, because I love it so much. It's my baby. It's the thing I'm creating that I will protect it and nurture it and put the time in. And I think it's important, like even if it starts off as a side hustle and when I'm on my temp projects and I'm talking to people, there's so many people who have all these other things and ambitions on the side, I'm like, go for it, do it. Trust me, you will appreciate it that you went for it. Like you don't have to spend hours on it every week. If it's only a couple hours a week, it's still something. But yeah, so that's how I treat my blog. It's just right now it's gotta be the side thing, but it is my main side thing.
0: That's great. Well, and even when you use the word failure, I don't think of failures as what we might traditionally think of as failures, right? Like we have some expectation and we don't meet that expectation. It's just another one of those stepping stones that takes us in the direction that we're meant to go. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is that you had these feelings that you paid attention to And you knew you needed to do something else. Like you started something, you created something because that's what you're feeling. Your I don't know if you want to call it your intuition, you want to call it whatever you want to call it, uh, took you in that direction. Does that sound about right to you? Yes, definitely. So how long have you been doing your blog? It is about
1: 15 months, I think now.
0: Oh, that's amazing. You have been able to take some of your experiences now in the last couple of years when you're doing your temp work and all of the experiences you've seen from the people around you and you've been able to use that for your blog, which is such a great opportunity that your legal career opened up for you.
1: Isn't that awesome? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's funny, the people I have met on the jobs I've worked have taught me actually a lot that I feel like I reference in my blog posts and I try and like share some of those experiences and my knowledge with them and then remember those people when I'm writing because I think to myself, I'm writing to you guys that I sit next to at work with. So yeah. Ah, that's so cool.
0: Okay, so why do you call your blog Bright Side of the Sun? I was curious about that.
1: Um, I just, I wanted something that was joyful, but also I realized that I have a tendency to look towards the negative and to always assume the worst is going to happen. Just prepare yourself. It's going to be really, really bad. Where I was like, I need to look to brighter things. And I think all of us do just have a more positive mindset. And I just came up with that name one day and I was like, that's it.
0: Why do you think you tend towards the negative? Or why do you think that is?
1: Well, I mean, a lot of us are highly critical of ourselves, especially when we're very, very driven. So we self-regulate and we self flagellate ourselves um, before anyone else gets to it. And I think that is one of those things that I have ended up turning all that criticism into very negative self-talk and seeing like, oh, Tavish, the odds of you getting this are very low. Prepare yourself. That type of talk, which I've noticed is it's the thing we end up doing. We're very driven. And then that's all we see is all the flaws and the things we need to change. Where really, I realized I lack the praise of all my successes and all my wins, which is something that I work with a lot. Just while I'm doing my blog of, oh, you reached this many subscribers, Tavish, like celebrate, that's amazing job. Oh, this is your first time doing something, celebrate, that's so awesome. So yeah, it helps me as much as I'm hoping it helps everybody else. So, oh, that's such a great
0: point because. I noticed that with myself too. And I think it is part of this perfectionist thing that I know that I have, and a lot of lawyers I've spoken to have as well. I, it sounds very much like you have that. And we're so hard on ourselves, and we don't give ourselves the credit when we actually get done what we intended to
1: do or got close to it. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny. My sister is an attorney at PwC here in New York City. Definitely like my key audience member, um, self-care, high-powered attorney, you know, everything. And she was hilarious because she ended up saying to me that, Tavish, you've accomplished so much this year. Like your blog is just like booming. It's amazing. She was like, what have I done? I've done nothing. (laughs) You got your job this year. (laughs) This job this year. Like, that's a big deal. (laughs) And she's like, oh yeah, that. Well, you know. Well, I was, you know, that was the whole plan. You know, Yes. yes, whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, that's exactly what I do all the time though too. So it's just really trying to change that. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, you do have a beautiful blog and I wanted to talk about some self-care things that you've learned over the years that maybe we can introduce some of your insights from your experiences to some of our audience members. So what was the big thing that you needed to start incorporating into your life before you could even get to like the domino effect of self-care in your
1: life? Does that make sense? Um, I think so. I guess it was incorporating a mindset and it's realizing that most of us do always want to work at like 110%. And we can't do that unless we have self-care. And that's one of those things where of us have been working off of like 40% for so long. We're just like, "Ah, I can keep doing it. It's fine. I don't need sleep. No, it's fine. But then when you finally get that full amount of whatever you're needing, you're like, Oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. I thought life was just supposed to be extremely hard, like <laughs> <laughs> all the time and be miserable. But I think because I was in such a miserable place that when I got my life coach and I started doing all these different things that I was like, oh, even though I'm still working the same temp job, I work a lot. I'm tired. I was doing things that now I was like filling cups that were just empty and that's one of those things of you will work so much better and i tell people a lot like go ahead and sleep people think no 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 i'm going to push through it no i'm telling you if you just sleep a little bit more when you actually work you'll work at 100% not your 30% that you're running at and it'll go quicker it just will it'll just you know run right through it so yeah i think that's the biggest thing of realizing you are probably missing a lot of stuff and you don't realize it you just become accustomed to the um, negative cups.
0: Oh, yeah. When you're talking about sleep, and I think this is important for people to hear too, is not only are you not operating at that 100% energy wise, but you really have to think what that means. And what that looks like is you miss things on a case you aren't paying attention to detail. You might be snappy at people at your job and you start having relationships that suffer. It's not as if it's just a time thing. It has to do with every single thing in your life. And that is a domino effect right there. If you're not sleeping right, you're going to start losing your edge. And I think so many of us think, okay, our edge is not sleeping That's how we are at our edge is like, okay, we're going to get this done, not thinking what they're losing.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's actually something I tell my sister, and she's very good about her sleep, even though she does work a lot. But I ended up texting her the other day, if you keep stressing like this, you'll kill yourself. And I was being serious because stress does kill. So I was just like, sleep is when you actually recover from the labors of the day. And when you're stressed all the time, your body ends up just recovering from the stress not the actual labors of the day. So my biggest thing is always thinking like, you have to lower your stress, you need to sleep. It is important. It's just not for work's sake, but life's sake, Um, living a long and healthy life.
0: Mm. Well, it's so important. I mean, you hear people talking about it all the time. Arianna Huffington has a book. I mean, it's all important. It is a centerpiece and I think we take it for granted. Okay, so what are some of the other things that you have seen doing what you're doing and would tell people, okay, these are some important things that you need to take care of to get your house in order and have some self-care.
1: One of the bigger things are for the people who are stressed all the time, work a lot. I like to ask them, like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And sometimes it's like, I don't have a hobby. What is this you speak of? I lost a long time ago. I'm like, you got to go find it because you need to have fun. When you get home, don't go bum on the couch. I know you want to because I want to too. And you're tired. But honestly, there's more benefit from you going to go have fun and go doing something you love than you being like, I just need like 30 minutes sitting on the couch to unwind. It doesn't actually help you unwind. You're just sitting. So that's one of my big things. I write about that a lot. I'm always telling people, like, you need a hobby. You need it. It makes you a whole person. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. Seriously.
0: I mean, my parents, they worked their buns off all while I was growing up. And when I spoke to them after you know, years of them having their own business and it ended up closing down, I asked them, you know, well, why don't you guys start a hobby or why don't you guys go do something? And they say, well, we never really got in the habit of doing anything. And so they didn't have any interests and they weren't interested in cultivating any because they were at a loss. You know, they really were at a loss. And I don't want to be that way when I hit retirement age or I'm at a loss for what to do. And I noticed that in myself as well. I started looking for, okay, where is the fun in my life? Like you're saying. I started trying things because I didn't really know what I liked. All I knew is, you know, law books and working and I had to start experimenting I experimented with paint. I actually found a book to teach me how to be creative with paint because I had no idea how to be creative. I had to have somebody tell me what to do step by step. (laughs) So I got one of those books because I didn't know what to do. And there's books like that out there. I'll link to that into the show notes so that if anyone's really interested in that, they can check it out. I started playing the guitar just to see what I liked. But if we don't do that now, it's going to be really hard for us down the
1: road. It is. It is. I joke with people but I'm, I'm serious when I say this. I'm like, you're not your career. You're actually your hobbies. Just remember that. Ooh. No one wants to hear about all the legal stuff we do at work all day. No one does. When you go out, they want to hear about what brings you joy. What were you doing Saturday night? They don't want to hear that you were working. <laughs> they want to know like, you know, your passions and the books you read. And so I'm like, you have to cultivate all that other stuff because you're cultivating you then. Ooh, I like that. You're cultivating you. <laughs> Thank you. Like that. What else
0: would you suggest for anyone who's looking into starting to shake up their life? Um, I think journaling is really important.
1: We spend a lot of times in our head when we're stressed. We're running through every worst case scenario in our head. Um, when we're overwhelmed, we're trying to plan every minute of our day. There's a lot of emotions that just get stuffed because we don't have time to deal with them. And journaling on a daily basis, I realize that really releases a lot of tension, a lot of stress. And your mind is just clear. And all the negative thoughts, I'll have negative thoughts. And I just write them all out in my journal. And it's just like, I'm done with it. I don't have to worry about those anymore today. They're out, it's done. But yeah, every day, writing it out or whenever you feel like really tense, overwhelmed, stress, writing really, really helps with that.
0: Did you feel, because I know for me, I will review my journals later and I will get insights from that. Is that something that you do or are there any other ways you use your journal to get insights?
1: Yes, sometimes I will look back on And it's a good way to see what mindset you're in. If you're super negative and being overly dramatic, as I have been on many occasions, it's good to see that and then self-regulate yourself in the future because I'll realize I'll make the same really negative statements. But then you'll remember, oh yeah, that was ridiculous. I told myself that was ridiculous. Like that can't happen or the odds of that happening are just absurd. So then it actually makes me kind of check my thoughts. Um, Another good one from this on the flip side of it is realizing the good times you document. It is just as easy to forget all the good things we do, Um, all the fun we're having, especially if you're in a stressed or down mindset, I'll look back and I will think like, oh, I just haven't been having a good couple of weeks. And then you go to your journal and it's all smiles and rainbows in your journal (laughs) and you're like, "Oh." wait, I have been having fun. I am just in the worst place right now. Like, okay. So yeah, it can help both ways in that mindset.
0: Do you have anything else that you would tell people who are trying to find those insights and that self-care? What would you tell them? Um,
1: I think sleep is important. I think working out is great. I think everyone can enjoy moving in some capacity. It's just figuring out what it is. Because some people are like, I hate exercising. And then I want to say, go try yoga, go walk in the park. Maybe you need to be with people and it needs to be a class, but maybe it's swimming. You know, There's just so many different things that I'm like, I'm pretty sure your body actually loves moving. You just have a mindset that you think it's hard And you don't want to move. But that to me, it always brightens my day. So I definitely, I know that's hard when you're working a lot of hours and you're stressed. But getting it in when you can is important. And then being proud of yourself for getting it in. Let me say that. Because a lot of times it's like I'm supposed to be working out five times a week. I only made it to the gym three times. I failed. No, no, no. You made it three times. That's awesome. Way to make it to the gym three times. It's great. Right. One of the things that helps me
0: with any of the things that I don't want to do is to really think about who is the person that I want to be. So if I want to be the kind of person who has energy at work, who creates healthy relationships with people, who has the stamina to do any activity I want to do whether it's work-related or I'm joining a hobby of some sort, you know, trying to figure that out or sustaining relationships with the people at home, I know I need to take care of myself. What are the things that I need to do? And I know that working out is a big component of that. If I do not do that, I cannot sustain who I want to be as a person. And I don't know that enough of us look at it that way. We look at it as this, oh, I'm supposed to thing. Like, oh, you know, the doctor's on TV. Dr. Oz is telling me I need to work out and eat healthy. No. Who do you want to be as a human being? Do you want to be a healthy person who has the energy to do what you want to do? Or do you not? Exactly. No, that's great. Ah, well, so much of this comes down to really thinking those things through, right? Like that's how I feel your story is. I don't know if you would define it that way, but it's really finding out who you wanted to be in the world and then figuring that out along the way.
1: I definitely think that was it. Um, With my life coach, she would ask me like, who do you want to be? Who do you want people to see you as? And then it's like, I don't want to be tired all the time and you know complain about a job they don't like. I want to be able to do things and I want to love what I do. So I think that was a big factors of me trying to think, what do I want to do that would make me happy every day to do it? Or at least willing to just be like, okay, I'm going to do it. It's hard today. That's okay. But yeah, also who I want my future self to be as I work my way there. So who do you want your future self to be? I want energy. That is one of those things. My boyfriend has so much energy <laughs> and I want to be able to keep up. Like that's one of my things. I'm like, going <laughs> like, so much energy. definitely sleep more than you and you have more energy than me. But yeah, so I want to have energy. I want to have love for life and love every day. And then one of my biggest things is being free. I have this sense of freedom of when I'm doing certain things, but I want to maintain that sense of freedom. Um, Not being tied to a job, not being tied to a location, just being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So that freedom piece is probably like the biggest piece for me. Um, that really brings me joy. And it's funny when I end up getting it. I feel it when I'm running in the park. I'm like, I am so free right now. It's amazing. Or I could just be sitting outside reading a book and i like, I'm so free right now. Who needs to do this? I'm doing it. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> but, um, it's just, you know, being able to do what I want to do when I, I want to do it. So, um, yeah. That's probably the biggest piece.
0: Well, it's just amazing that the internet gives us this opportunity to have that kind of freedom if that's a direction that we want to go. It's really amazing the opportunities that are out there nowadays. So tell us a little bit about where listeners can find you and learn more about you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Bright Siders, And I also have a website, tavishwilliams.com. Excellent. And I will make sure that I link to those in the show notes so that everyone can go to your website. And I highly recommend that you do so. She has some beautiful blogs and she makes it very well done. Like that's why it stood out so much to me on Pinterest is because you really notice the graphics and you really notice how well it's done when you see that. So I very
1: much appreciated that.
0: Thank you. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we end things?
1: No, thank you for inviting me. This has been
0: great. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful Tavish took the time to talk to us. I think that her story needs to be heard by more people. We don't talk enough about why we do what we do. And we're oftentimes afraid to make those pivots because we weren't taught that they were okay. Okay. We glossed over some of her suggestions for taking better care of ourselves, so I want to do a rundown of the six big things she mentioned. First, incorporating a mindset of self-care. We're driven and we must recognize that most of us want to work at 110%, and we can't do that unless we incorporate self-care. Second, sleep. Don't push through. If you sleep just a little bit more, you'll work at 100% instead of your 30% percent you will be more productive and remind yourself what sleep costs you in terms of the rest of your life. What good is it if you're only 30% in the rest of your life? Third, what are your hobbies? You have to cultivate interests outside of work because you're cultivating you. I loved that. Fourth, Journaling can shake up your life. It helps us get clear on what's going on in our life so we can make change. I talk a lot about journaling for high achievers in episode number 22. In fact, that episode is devoted to that topic. So I'll link to that episode in the show notes. I'm also linking to the journaling for high achievers guide I talked about earlier. Fifth, work out movement of any kind. This is recommended by everyone who talks about changing a negative state. I'm thinking about Tony Robbins, especially right now ever notice that dancing or moving just a little bit perks up your mood? Moving our bodies instantly changes our mood even if we're not ready to start a new workout routine. Six, celebrate when you do something awesome. We're quick to be critical of ourselves but we don't celebrate our wins. Adding recognition for a job well done inspires you to keep doing what you're doing. I'm linking to Tavish's self-care blog, Bright Side of the Sun, the free journal step-by-step that includes a template you can use to get started now, as well as the books that we mentioned. You can find all of those at dinacataldo.com forward slash 24. That's dinacataldo.com and the numbers two, four. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will talk to you next week thanks for listening to soul roadmap if you have a moment i'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe rate and left an honest review on itunes i read every single review so let me know what you want to hear more or less of and i'll talk to you next week